It's the most wonderful time of the year, and I'm not talking just about Christmas. College football playoff season, bowl season, and of course recruiting season started to ramp up. I guess we should throw transfer portal season in there now too. Uh, ben Spicer joined by Michael Langston. Michael's about to be the busiest man on staff at War Chan here coming up soon, I think. Uh, Michael, how you doing? I'm good. Spice man. We got it running. Uh, welcome, everybody. Glad to have everyone here. Uh, it's exciting. It's going to be a fun night. We're going to get into it, and uh, I'm going to get into kind of just everything we covered. I think if, if you haven't, go ahead, one, hit the like button, first of all. Secondly, um, certainly I put a breakdown of kind of, you know, where I think things stand, uh, you know, certainly with some of their major targets. Uh, I think FSU is going to get some good news uh, down the line uh, coming, uh, but uh, just make sure you go to that that story. It's certainly, uh, it covers a lot. Uh, we'll have a lot more. Um, certainly the portal's cranking up. Our Matt Lassier is, is certainly been all over that. I've kind of slowly giving him the reins a little bit with that. And then if there's major stuff, I, I chime in. But um, a lot of good stuff going on. A few nuggets I'll start off with uh, for you guys. Um, I still feel good about um, where things stand with four-star defensive back Kai Bates. As I pointed out in our art, in my article, I think in, it's a it's a week's thing as far as when he decides. I feel good that you know FSU's positioned uh, very well as far as in that recruitment. Um, another guy that I've noticed got a lot of uh, uh, just momentum was um, 2025 linebacker Zay. I would say it's right. I call him. I'm just going to call him Zay, but Zay Randy Sale. He's out. He's out of Washington. He's rated the 149th best prospect overall in the state of or in just the country, but also the 14th linebacker nationally by on three. He's a guy I've heard a lot of momentum with. I don't think a decision is like imminent or anything, but I think uh, FSU, based on the intel I got, you know, throughout the week is looking really, uh, you know, strong as far as in this recruitment. He visited, I think, believe for the North Alabama game. Uh, you can go to on three. There's there's certainly a story. If you go to his profile, there's a story on there from our Matt Lassier on him and talks about how, he, uh, you know, the impressions he made. Four-star linebacker. We know uh, FSU's already, uh, you know, got one in the class and Ethan Pritchard out of Seminole, uh, Sanford Seminole in Florida. So adding another guy like that, I think is going to be a big deal. Um, so I think uh, they position themselves very well there. And then the last nugget, I think will make people probably a little bit, little bit excited uh, somewhat um, is I've heard some positive traction um, with FSU and Florida commit five-star defensive lineman LJ McCray. I've Ooh. heard some good positive traction lately with that one. Um, I've, I've heard I, now it's certainly far from over. It's a battle that hasn't changed, but I've heard a, a little bit of positive traction with FSU. Certainly Florida doesn't have a defensive tackle coach or defensive line coach or whatever they yeah. list it. But I, I've just heard some positive stuff behind the scenes of how that's going with FSU. There's still work to do, still getting it. But um, I've heard some, you know, some positive, little positive things uh, regarding him. And then that greatly, I think, impacts his teammate, defensive back Zay Mincy, who I've already said, like, I think out of all the DBs, I think he is probably the most coveted uh, that they're pushing for. So I think um, that's a guy to keep an eye on as well if um fsu were to flip uh down the line with lj mccray i think lj would probably still take it you know down the line um and then um but we'll just have to wait see how and monitor how that that develops but certainly i wanted to mention those few things uh to kick this thing off 
Uh, you mentioned LJ McCray. I want to circle back to him real quick because there's a, a rumor out there. You know, you mentioned the firing of the DL coach. Maybe that McCray's father could potentially be next in line to coach there at Florida. And obviously, if that happens, uh, things don't necessarily look as good for Florida State to complete that flip, I would imagine. Yeah, I think um, the thing with that is just it was mainly just a rumor. So I wanted to make sure I put that in my story just because it's something that is possibly in there. But uh, I don't think it's likely. Um, based on the targets I've seen that they're going after. Now, could he end up on that staff in some capacity? I don't know. I doubt it. But um, I think um, that's certainly the thing I'm watching. I, I've always said, like with LJ McCray, I think it really depends on who they hire and the connection they have with LJ because LJ is very big on relationships and trust and that kind of stuff. So it's, it's not a guy he doesn't know really well. I think it's going to be something where – um, it's very possible. It's very possible, but certainly Florida's working behind the scenes to try to keep him. Um, so, but I think um, there is some you know traction with FSU there, and um, so uh, that's something uh, I will monitor as we get close to this uh, cranking these things up. With December twentieth being uh, you know the early signing day. One thing that's really ramped up as well is that transfer portal. Uh, we've got a bunch of questions about the transfer portal and some targets that are potentially out there. Uh, I'll let you kind of take the reins and tell us <laughs> what you've heard uh, is, is you know, kind of going on in the transfer portal at this point in time. Yeah, I think the most important thing to for people to know is like it's going to be a very slow and, and, and I would say very selective process as far as FSU goes. Um, certainly, you know, I'll address the quarterback, uh, DJ Ugalage. Did I say it right? I don't know. I might not say it DJ. right, but what, what I'll just call him DJ. Uh, Washington, Oregon, Oregon State quarterback. Yeah. Um, that's a guy that I've heard that the main thing I can tell people is that he's on the board. Mm. Like, I'm not saying that he's the number one guy or he will be the number one guy if there isn't someone else that they are waiting to see. Um, but He's a guy that I definitely know is on their board that they're interested in, that there's, I've heard that there would be um, mutual interest, interest, uh, get down tells us how to pronounce it. There you Thank go. You you, I ain't going to try that. I'll <laughs> let Ben do it, but um, I'll still call him um, DJ. But I think the main two thing that realize with the quarter position is you don't want somebody that's kind of, you know, a star, but he's young and he's like a sophomore. You want somebody uh, pre preferred to be experienced, you know, knows how to handle whatever situation you can put him in there. You can throw him and the fit's got to be kind of when that fits everything FSU wants to do on offense. And I think if you watch DJ and the stuff they do, it does fit what they do as far as um, he, he's mobile enough to go. If he needs to run, he can certainly uh, make all the passes. I think he had like 27 touchdowns around 2,600 yards this year for Oregon state. And, and we know how FSU compiles the talent around him. So he's certainly going to have more talent around uh, if he didn't up at FSU. So that's the type of, I think quarterback they would look for is somebody that one fits them, but two is just, you know, one or two year type of option, uh, preferably, um, if you can get multiple year, it'd be great, but I think that's the type of guy. But they're not in a rush to do that because obviously they're playing for an ACC championship. Win that, you know, potentially you play in the playoff. You don't want to, you know, mess your chemistry up. And two, that's why I say you want an experienced guy because there's no set guy when it comes to a starter. Um, like previously, when people were asking, like, are they going to take 
are they going to go to the portal? Are they going to stick with Jordan? And and certainly they stuck with Jordan because they already had a starting quarterback. So this is a little bit different where you don't have a set starter. Um, so I do I do think they're going to engage and look inside the portal to see if that fits there. And it's also just a chance where you know what if if that guy's not there, you know they're they're very comfortable with Brock Glenn, Tate Rodemaker, AJ Duffy, Luke Cromahawk is going to come into the fold. So they're comfortable with their the room. But I think certainly you can tell, and based on what we saw and what I saw last week, that's certainly something that you need to explore because you know. Tate didn't look like a guy to me that's like, okay, I'm ready to be the man. You know, right. so I think that's what they have to look into and and where they go. But I think, uh, first of all, that quarterback position, I think that's the main guy so far. I haven't heard anybody else that I would consider that's in the portal that's like, oh, they would go after. I think a guy like Grayson McCall is a guy that uh, out of Coastal Carolina, he's a guy they – they're intrigued yeah. by, but I don't think there's like, I think there's more interest in say a DJ, but uh, I think it's a guy they'll, they'll vet, they'll look into and they'll see what, how it fits. But I, I want to point out, it's so important to say that um, there is not a set guy, you know, as far as um, who they would, you know, target. There's not a guy they're like heavily targeting. That's our guy. Um, so, um, and that's it. Uh, as far as the quarterback position, then I would say uh, at the linebacker position, I do feel like they're going to um, one go after one or two linebackers. That that to me, that's the most vital position because you're losing Kalen, you're losing right. Tatum. Um, you need some guys that you need at least one. You know, as far as to lead that that young group, I'm very excited about Blake Nicholson. I think he's going to really take a big step forward this year. Omar Graham's obviously playing a lot, but you still need, I think, some experience in there to help you there. And then, of course, the defensive tackle position. You know, you could lose some guys there. You certainly, I think, though, Daryl Jackson. You'll, I think, he'll be back. You know, in my opinion, um, and so I, I still think you need somebody. And the top guy that keeps coming around on my desk all the time uh, with a defensive tackle position that I've heard that's in the portal is Nice Peebles from Duke. Um, he was phenomenal. I watched him uh, early this year when when they played FSU. I've watched him a lot during the season. He seems to fit everything. Um, even our Matt Lassier even talk, uh, texted with him, and he's like, yes, that, there would be interest there. So we do know he would be very interested in. So that's a guy that I think we could see – being heavily in the fold as long as everything checks out um, like background, you know, the fit, um, you know, what he's looking for in a school. Cause that's the thing people don't understand that goes in the portal. It's, it's like, it's not just the talent. It's like, they have to fit into your, your makeup of what you're doing. They have to be very T oriented and all that stuff. So I think that's something that people need to understand. It isn't just, Oh, this guy's talented or he's, I know people like to ask me questions right when the guy hits the portal, like, hey, this guy was a five-star or high four-star, but there's still going to be vetting. There's always going to be vetting that goes on with this stuff. So you have to see if that guy fits. I mean, that's – I mean, they didn't just go after Keon because, um, you know, he was a phenomenal receiver. They went out because he fits everything of what they do. Um, obviously, he's a great talent, and there's a relationship there they knew with Keon. So I think um, – I think that's the main thing. And don't worry, get down. You don't have to worry about me leaving the portal. I'm locked <laughs> in. My contract is ironclad. So I'm not, go I'm not going anywhere unless uh, Mike Norvell maybe calls me and wants me uh, there. But <laughs> outside of that, I, I think you're safe. 
Um, but um, overall, Michael's got a good NIL deal. He's yeah, he's I got a good deal. <laughs> and uh, um, but um, everything's everything's going smoothly. Uh, I think it's going to be, like I said, a slow process. I know people have asked me, you know, what's your positions? I think linebacker, edge guy. I think that's that's certainly important. And I think um, and and also uh, we've mentioned some with quarterback. That's certainly there. But um, I think you could see them add um even an established productive uh, receiver because you're going to lose Keon. Uh, I think there's a possibility you get Johnny back, but you still want a guy that's experienced. Even if you get Jeremiah, I think that's something that you want to get somebody that, that can help you. So I think that's a position offensive line. I think uh, certainly they're going to take one or two there. Um, That's a position that you'll see. So I think uh, there's a lot of stuff that, um, that we could see you know, that, you know, could develop positions. I think uh, really it's just, for me, when I, and I, I've said this every year of the portal, you have to focus on where the holes are in the team. Like holes, linebacker, they're losing two. That's a clear hole. So I know they're going to go pursue that avenue. Um, you know, certainly uh, edge guy, That's there's a little bit of a hole there, um, you know, assuming verse leaps. Uh, now, first somehow stays by some miracle, which I don't expect. Then yeah, um, that might not be as vital, but I still still think you need the depth. I also think um, I like what they have at DB, but you don't have a for sure fire. I would say other corner to me uh, going into next year. I, I view a really good with Azare, but on the other side, do you have what you want, or or are you depending on KJ Bolden to come in there? take over that position, be the starter. So that's something they'll, they'll also have to look into. So there's a there's a lot of positions. Um, but I think uh, probably the, the number I keep getting um, is six to eight. You know, eight is like the absolute most. I don't see it going ne- above that. I think, I think six to eight is kind of what I've been told as far as the numbers there. And then high school, I think you probably have like three or four. But a lot of that might adjust to what you get out of the portal. So uh, that could, that could certainly be fluid, but that's kind of where things are kind of changing with that as far as, um, you know, the portal and the main things I've heard the other guys, I know there's a bunch of guys out there in the portal guys, but like, there's no like serious activity except for the few guys I just mentioned. Um, I think there's still, it's going to explode probably on Saturday and Sunday. You're, you think you've got to dump now, wait till Saturday and Sunday. Um, so I think uh, this could certainly, you know, you'll see a lot more names. And and I think FSU will get a lot more active, I think, once this ACC title's done, because then you have some time. You you obviously are getting prep ready, whether you're in the playoff or you're in a bowl game. You'll have prep, but you'll have time to really get into this where they you might see some some decisions in there and, and, and go from there. I did want to circle back to uh, your point about quarterbacks and uh, mm-hmm. Arnold Wilmer brings up a good point. This is kind of a concern for me uh, when something like that happens. And I did want to tease real quick. Uh, Jeff and Tom did a video. You can check that out on our YouTube channel, kind of talking about the transfer portal a little bit. I added to that earlier today. Uh, it's definitely good. But they talked about quarterbacks as well. And they were kind of under the impression of unless you're getting a home run in the portal, 
you don't want to bring someone in because you have all those talented young guys. And that's something right. that R. Wilmer brought up. So you can kind of partner that with other positions as well. What kind of message now that Florida State's getting that top recruiting class, you know, top five class, what kind of message does that send maybe to those guys if you bring in a one or two year rental? Competition. That's the message it sends. Like you don't have a pure starter, Wilmer. Like it's different if you, if say Tate was the quarterback and we know for sure Tate's the starter, that's, it's a different scenario than what you had with Jordan. Jordan was the starter. So you can't go in there and just take, uh, you know, a starter. You, you don't want to mess up that chemistry. That's why I say you take an experienced guy. You're just saying like, look, we need competition here. Nobody's won the job. There's no starter. There's no clear starter. And I don't think it really is going to affect too much because the main thing is um, you have to have a guy you're totally locked in on that you know you feel comfortable. And Tate still has a chance to prove that. Tate could go in there and throw for 330 yards against uh, Louisville, three touchdowns, and look a lot more comfortable than what we saw um, in in the Florida game. And that's a tough ask for Tate. I mean, that was a really tough situation i knew it was going to be close by the way i picked 27 15 just just to say uh, fsu winning that game but um i knew it would be tough so i think um i think the main thing is and mike's always preached this is competition no matter what i mean you have to have somebody in there where you're putting the best guy that's the one position you can't have where you're weak at you know going into the season so you better be sold on the guy so i don't think it really messes with the room because of now if you brought in a young guy that's where i think it messes up the room because you've got your young guys you're basically telling brock glenn tate rodemaker all these guys like hey i think this young guy is better than you or we're not sold on your development of what you're doing so i i think i don't see a problem with it as long as it's an experienced guy like it like as long as it's like a dj or somebody right. that's a junior or senior long as you have that I don't, I don't envision it being a problem. Where I think it'll be a problem is if you take, if you took a young guy like say a Dante Moore, and I was told today that's not an option that FSU will pursue. So it sounds like FSU is in the mold of, you know, they want an experienced guy, productive guy that they trust, they feel good about. Like I said, they're going to be extremely picky about who the guy is if they do take one. Let's talk about some flips, potential flips. Okay. Uh, Vitus33 asks, are we giving up on Jason Zandamella, or is there a chance still Zandamella committed to USC back in yeah. June? Vitus, I still think they're working on it. Um, I think uh, the thing to watch is these next few weeks in December uh, for official visits. Um, I think that's what I'm kind of focused on. For those that don't know, he still has an official visit available to take to FSU. He didn't never took his official. I think they're still working on him, but it's a, it's kind of a wait and see to see, get him on campus. Um, I do know the communication is still there, but it's still wait and see. Obviously USC has not had the season they envisioned. Um, and FSU certainly has gone way beyond the, the envision of what they saw. And he likes, he likes Alex Atkins a lot. I mean, there's no, there's no question about that. And they do need a pure center. So they're certainly, uh, they do covet him. They do want him, but it's kind of a wait and see if that a visit is set up. I hope to have more on that over the weekend, guys, maybe on Sunday. Um, but um, he is a guy that I think is still a possibility, but again, have to get that visit. 
a potential flip back that FSU wants to avoid, Armando Blunt, uh, going back to Miami. Some people are a little concerned. What are your thoughts? Ease our minds a little bit, Michael. <laughs> well, I kind of covered this in, in my breakdown, uh, guys. I mean, yeah, there was some talking with Miami, but I also feel like, you know, the I would say a, a strong majority of the people, whether they're close to Armando or from the FSU side, they tell me that they feel good that he will be a no. Um, they think he will be there. Um, I feel I don't think anything's changed as far as that goes. I think he also will take an official visit to FSU in December. He'll be a part of that. Now, the original plan was December 8th, but I could see them pushing that to like December 16th. Mm -hmm. So they get him right before uh, that um, timeline. Now, if they do it early, I think that gives you an indication that they feel really good about um, kind of their position, that they feel like they can lock it down once he visits on the 8th. But I think a uh, majority, it's going to be, um, you know, I, I would lean towards that 16th date that you see them. But yeah, Miami's going to push. This hasn't, this is not a new development. We knew right. they weren't going to just go down, you know, and say, oh, one in our backyard, a five-star, we're just going <laughs> to let him enroll. But um, I think, I think right now, everything I've gotten is, yes, it's a concern. It, it has to be. If it's not, you're not breathing. Uh, it has to be a concern. But at the same time, um, I think he does um, end up uh, with FSU. Everything I've gotten so far is in the intel. But yeah, they're going to have to sweat it out until uh, you know this thing's over. It's not going to be over. It's never, it's never truly over when you're dealing with you know Miami prospects that Miami wants. You're going to have to fight and and do everything right. But uh, I think overall, I I, I feel good about uh, just you know where they sit or where the couple is. I'm not going to lie and say I'm not concerned. There is concern there, but. At this time, I still think um, FSU is the place. Oh, let's talk about some coaches. This is uh, a couple questions combined. I'm trying to package your all's questions together okay. a little bit here. Uh, Marshall W11 asks, what coaches have had the biggest impact on this year's recruiting class? I'm combining that. We've had a couple questions asking about Odell's recruiting as well. So are there okay. any Florida State assistants, uh, other than Mike Norvell, of course, that have uh, stood out to you on the recruiting trail this year? Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, um, there's a lot of them. I think uh, David Johnson's done a really good job with a lot of guys in his area, not just positions, but uh, I think he's certainly done well. I think um, certainly Alex Atkins has, has done a great job. And I think the unheralded guy that never gets the love he deserves is, is the job that, that Adam Fuller's done. Uh, you don't hear a lot about Alan Fuller in recruiting because he's kind of that that set the tone background guy that is a really big, I mean, he was a big part of why they were able to land a guy like KJ Bolton. It's a big part of why um, Kai Bates is, it, it likes them so much. I mean, Kai talked about that. Um, I think a certain is also a guy that I would throw in there. That's been phenomenal. How can yeah. you not have him in there too? You know, certainly five stars in there. Now we know Charles Lester was more than likely going to go to FSU, but to solidify it, not have any concerns with throughout the whole process and then got a guy like KJ Bolden and Patrick was a big part of that. But I think a lot of people don't give him the credit he deserves as far as Adam Fuller, uh, as far as recruiting, he does a lot. I mean, he is involved with every single defensive recruit. You see them get committed. He plays a major role into that. So I think he's a big deal. I think uh, he, they've certainly done a great job. I think JP has done a, a great job as far as developer relationships, the way, kids view uh, FSU now with their defensive ends under development. I think that's been a major 
a shift in, in just uh, what I've seen out of uh, recruits and their families. So I think a lot of these guys you have to put in Ron Dugan. So I'm, I'm sitting there. I feel like I'm listening the whole set. <laughs> but um, they've all done a great job. I mean, I don't think there's a weak point. I think even Randy Shannon going into 2025, we're seeing some strong movements towards, hey, they're starting to get, uh, you know, potentially land these these talented four stars. And uh, I think somebody asked, I think Wilmer's asking, does Tony uh, Tokarts recruit? Yeah, Tony is a big part of the quarterback recruiting as well. Handles some of the Southwest Florida area as well. He, he is all over a little bit, all over the place. You just don't hear about him so much, uh, Wilmer, because his position is quarterback. And once they got Luke, it's kind of, Right. There's not much left, but he, Tony does a phenomenal job with the quarterbacks. Uh, their development has been unreal. I mean, the Jordan Travis development speaks for itself. Uh, the job that he's done there, making him more comfortable that, yes, you can make these throws. Yes, you can do all these things. So I think, um, you know, certainly all the coaches, <laughs> I don't want to just pinpoint one too many, but I do think, uh, I think there's some superstars you know, like Alex Atkins and David Johnson and uh, uh, maybe a few others, uh, you know, one or two others. I think Patrick Chertain, you can almost throw him in there. Um, but um, there's also some good recruiters that do a great job of of relating to these recruits. And I think the main thing is the reason you look at all these guys, the same credentials they have in mind is is how they – the message they get rescinded back to them from the recruits. Uh, the message that comes back is really – positive the relationships they do is so good and two they're very good at the development of their position uh, you know yak does a great job with the running backs uh, tony does a great job of development quarterbacks uh patrick Tain, that speaks for itself coach of the dolphins everyone loves his development so i think it's just um i think there's a lot that i can mention but i i mentioned a few that that stand out Aaron is uh, really excited about Coach Speak. That is coming out tomorrow. We are going okay. to record that after we finish up here. There I promise, guys, it will be out tomorrow. Uh, the guys had to travel up to Charlotte. Yes. Uh, speaking of Charlotte, I'm going to take a quick second out here, Michael, to promote there the Warchant Staff Meet and Greet. Yes. That is at Resident Culture South End tomorrow night, Friday, December 1st, at 6.30 p.m. Eastern. Uh, the Charlotte Seminole Club putting on a whole host of events over the weekend, Friday and Saturday as Florida State is in the ACC championship game. Uh, we've got some questions about the linebacker position. I like this. Tony has asked a couple questions about Jaden Perlott, uh, so we want to get your yep. intel on him. And, and I like this from Mitch. He's straight to the point. He just says, talk linebackers. So, Michael, <laughs> talk linebackers. Yeah, yeah. Jaden Perlott is a guy that they're, they're working on. I haven't heard any change of, like, is he going to reclassify? I don't feel like he's going to reclassify. We would have heard it by now. I still feel it's likely you see a flip. I haven't heard anything that makes me believe that there's not going to be potentially a flip. Now, will it be early? We don't know. He's 2025. Uh, but I do think there's still confidence when the FSU side that it could happen, you know, it, or it's likely to happen. So, so you have that. You already have, um, like I said, you already have Ethan Pritchard, who's committed for the 2025 class. Uh, a guy that doesn't get a lot of talk that I think should absolutely 100% be a four-star linebacker, and that's Jaden Parrish, who's an FSU commit. I love that kid's skill. I think he's going to play early. I like his game a lot. I think he he's phenomenal. Um, I think he's going to fit everything that they want to do. And like I said, that kid should be a four-star. I mean, really be a four-star. And then 
I'd be amiss if, because I know people are going to ask me, uh, you know, another high school recruit, and I know it's nothing to do with linebackers, but five-star plus, squad receiver, Jeremiah Smith. I know people are wondering, like, what's the deal there? What's going on? I still think I feel the same way I did after the Miami game, guys. I think it comes down to that official visit on December 8th. No, I don't. I'm not in the in the group that feels like, oh, Florida is this strong threat. I think it's FSU or Ohio State. Um, I feel strongly about that. So I think um, really it's going to come down to that official visit. There is still momentum building there. And uh, I really – I really think it's it's a possibility. I I do. I would not tell you if I I didn't think there was a chance, and I thought ah, he's just going through the process, guys. He's going to probably stick with Ohio State. I think there's some things working in FSU's area that they're they're trending with, but at the same time, I think um, overall they got to nail it on this official visit, guys. They got to nail 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 it on this visit. Um, if they do that, I will have a sense, guys, one way or the other, if this is going to happen. After that official visit, I feel very confident in saying that. So um, there you go. So I wanted to throw that out there so we don't forget about mentioning Jeremiah Smith. Yeah, we've got a bunch of questions about Jeremiah. That was next up, guys. I promise. I was <laughs> I was going to get to it. Michael read my mind. He's a pro. Uh, Da has asked about Chris Paul Jr. from Arkansas several times. Yes, have you heard anything yes. about him? That's another one that I've I've kind of popped up on my desk a little bit. Not as much as the other. Um, you know, defensive tackle I covered, um, but um, he's kind of popped up there that I've heard a few times. Um, you know, so Chris Paul is definitely uh, not the Chris Paul that plays uh, for the uh, <laughs> Golden State now. They tra- yeah, they move yeah, so around, but <laughs> not the same Chris Paul. But uh, this is a guy that I do think there is there's vetted interest in. There's vetted um, mutual interest when I gather. I think they're doing all the vetting stuff behind the scenes to make sure the fit is there, but uh, overall, I do think that's a guy that I think to keep an eye on that I'm certainly going to monitor uh, without a doubt. Um, so uh, certainly he's another guy along with the Peebles kid and then people know about DJ, but I think it's going to be a slow process of the serious you know, targets. And, and we'll, as we get closer, like after this weekend, get me through this weekend guys uh, uh, for the ACC championship. And then I think we'll be able to, dive into this stuff a lot more. I am, I will tell people because people ask me this all the time. I am trying to get there, you know, for the game. I am working on it. I have some family I can stay with. Um, I'm just working on it. If I can get the, the, the uh, ticket stuff uh, down, um, I will be there. Um, So I'm working on that. So just we'll see, but yeah, there's a lot going on. Uh, speaking of the ACC championship, this is a, it feels like a good time to remind you guys, hey, Florida State is in the ACC championship. Yep. They have beat Florida State and Miami two years in a row now. Michael, what is that doing from recruiting? What kind of buzz have you heard talking to recruits? Uh, and, and, you know, with that success that Florida State's had, 12-0 and season, to go along with that, what is that doing, do you think, in terms of recruiting? I think it's a massive deal um, because it sets the tone for you in 2025, but it also tells the recruits, like, yeah, they don't have their starter. Guess what? No problem. They can go in hostile environments and win. Um, you know, even not having their A game, they can still, you know, deliver. And, and recruits notice and, and and recruits view them like top tier, top team in, in the country. One of the top teams in the country. Some feel they're the best team. 
Um, I know that probably hurts Paul Feinbaum to hear that if he's watching my show. By the way, screw Paul. I can't stand that guy. You know, so his analogies are stupid. They make no sense. I mean, it's just dumb. Um, I will say about the college football player, if you're wanting my perspective, I'm like, this is the first week I think they actually got it right. Well, they actually yeah. were making results matter. Um, you know, they made made sure like, hey, we didn't forget Alabama that you got a Christmas gift from Auburn on a fourth and thirty. You know, so I think um, I just can't stand that guy. Um, that I, that's just the one guy I can't stand. The other ones, yeah, Putnam's going to talk or whatnot, but I think they finally got it right of what it was deserving and what's right. Uh, you can't play God and decide what a team is going to look like because their quarterback's not there. I mean, right. like I said, Tate could go out there and look, throw for 330, four tutties, and, and look great. And it's like, what's your response then? You know, so it's like there's so much that changes. We don't know how these teams match up. But certainly, FSU can take care of their business and go out there and, and look good. And then it'll shut them up at least a little bit. But overall, I think, uh, Ben, it's uh, it's a big deal uh, playing for an ACC title, winning an ACC title, and even bigger, if they get into that playoff, I think it's going to give them another boost of a surge uh, in recruiting because that's different level if you're in the playoff, you know, because it's like you're there, people know you're real, you're the real deal, you're elite, and it's just going to generate even more excitement of kids that probably aren't even considered. I've had around 30 or 40 recruits and their families tell me, like, if FSU's in the playoff and they haven't even visited FSU, yet, I'm talking about like four-star, five-stars, but if they're in the playoff, that's a school I'm definitely going to go see. Um, so uh, a big deal. Uh, I'm glad um, V mentioned it. Yes, shout out to Mike Norvell, Coach of the Year. So well-deserving. I actually got a crack out of listening. I, I read all the tweets from the when the ACC announced it, and I'm like uh, – and I see some Louisville people coming in there. I'm like – they're like, Brom got hosed. I'm like, dude's 12-0. and 0. Like, literally, what are we talking about? The man's 12-0, and 0 and you lost to Pittsburgh. Right, right. You lost yeah, to Pittsburgh. Yeah, if, you're, exactly. if you're the coach of the year, you don't lose to Pittsburgh. <laughs> you do not lose to Pittsburgh if you're the coach of the year. Uh, and they didn't just lose to him. They got crushed by him. So, mm -hmm. um, so yeah, uh, congrats to Mike. Uh, great dude. Uh, people ask me all the time, like, Mike, what's he like, uh, you know, outside of the realm of what we see? He is the same dude. I mean, he is a genuine straightforward guy that that you love being around and even as media when you're around him he get he keeps your energy going because i mean there's some weekends you're wore out you're getting up with recruits you got three hours sleep and i don't care because i don't sleep a lot but he just always generates there's an excitement about mike when he's around and then you can sense it with his players and the way they view him um i think um I think it's so deserving and, uh, you know, good for him because that's probably the only thing the ACC's done a damn thing right in this league because they do nothing but find a way to have an impeccable, crappy uh, officials every week. I, I don't yeah. know how that happens for FSU, but they do. But um, good for Mike and, and good for the program and then good for uh, Jordan, offensive, uh, offensive player of the year, overall player of the year. I think it's really um, – I think it's just really uh, awesome to see guys that, you know, you don't want to forget about everything that's happened. So I think it's a, it's been a great week, I think, for FSU to get the acknowledgement that they deserve. 
Um, I think the Jerry and Jones honorable mentions like a really big reach from the ACC. I think he should have been one of those second and third teams personally when I watch him. I thought yeah. he was the best defensive back that FSU had all year when I watched him play. Um, but um, overall, I think it was a great week for them with all the accolades. And, um, you know, like I said, Dice, like soak it all in, guys, that, you know, I'll, I see a people bitching and whining and it's like, this is happening, this is happening. Oh, these guys are going after our coaches. These guys are going after players. Like, you have a top five class. Your team's playing for an ACC title. You win this weekend. You probably are going to be playing for uh, in the playoffs. Um, embrace the hate. Be Darth Vader. That's what I say. I say be Darth Vader. Embrace Paul's hate. They hate you. Fine. We'll be the dark side. Whatever Whatever it takes. So just, uh, I guess, soak it all in and understand the growth in, in the steps that FSU's made to get to this point. They've had to go through a lot of dark times to get to this point and um, enjoy it all. Like, because they're in a special place. They've got a leader that, you, you know, it, it is, it epitomizes everything FSU. So uh, be excited and understand what you have both in recruiting and football. Uh, just to add to your point with the, with the Paul Feinbaum, Hey, you've, you've got some people riled up in the chat, by the way, uh, Kirk Herb street too. I'm not, not a, not a fan, not a fan of old Kirk. Uh, will pointed this out. My bad guys, Florida state has beat Florida yeah. and Miami two years in a row. I'll get it right for you guys. Uh, Harold beat, beat Miami three years in a row, by the way, three years in a row. There we go. Coy yeah. is asking about the visits next month. And, uh, does he play the role of Deloach and what, what can you kind of tell us about Coy Parrish from up there in Esco, Minnesota? Yeah. Minnesota kid. When's the last time they got a Minnesota kid? I don't even know that guys. And I've been doing this for 23 years. Yeah, uh, Coy's kind of a, a mixture of a safety linebacker, more so linebacker. So that's why this one's so big, because they really only have one linebacker in this class. Uh, Coy's really good uh, against the run. I love comfort. I feel very comfortable. He fits that Kalen Deloach level, uh, what you're talking about, because he's really fa- he runs really well, sideline to sideline. Uh, he, he can cover. You can feel comfortable when you put him out in there in coverage. And I think he's serious about FSU. Uh, uh, Randy Shannon extended an offer to him. I do think it'll be a mixture of safety and linebacker. But if you watch kind of where they use Kalen, that's kind of what they did, you know, in different parts of his career. You know, so I can see why, you know, the position they like him. I think he called it like a stud linebacker, which is basically like a mixture of safety and linebacker. Uh, But overall, I think – I think there's a good shot. Obviously, Ohio State's involved, so it's not just Minnesota for Vitus. Uh, it's not just Minnesota, dude. If it was just Minnesota, yeah, I'm, I'm agreeing with you. Uh, but it, there's other schools. The Ohio State's involved. Um, there's a few other schools involved. I think Auburn's trying to get in there. Southern Cal's been a team as well. So um, certainly a guy that I feel like is is very much a an attainable guy. You just got to nail it on the visit. He's never been here, so obviously – Everything's on the table where you got to knock it out, you know, academics, culture. I do think the culture will really uh, make a strong impact on him when he's around the players because he'll sense kind of that. I, that seemed to be a big deal with me when I talked with Coy on the phone earlier this year when FSU offered. That seemed to be something that he was kind of looking for. And I think production is certainly an advantage for FSU of what they do when you watch FSU's linebackers. And by the way, when's Randy Shannon going to get some love guys? Mm. Look at these linebackers like that. They played the way they played this year. So yeah, I think their production and development of linebackers is certainly going to make a, 
a good impact, I think, with Corey on that visit. It's just about nailing the visit and making sure it's comfortable as it gets. I agree with Knowles for life. I'm working on it here. And someone else, uh, I think it was <laughs> Seminoles for the win 23. Yes. But no more blue. Okay. No, I'll, I'll have no, to get the red. They don't like that. Spice man, they don't like the blue color, man. Um, they give uh, Tom a hard time for yeah, his, for his yeah, blue and orange no, mess. I've just got one, you know. I've got I got Christmas colors on, by the way. Mine's green, but um, but yeah, um, yeah. But we'll work on that. The Spice Band is getting there, guys. Uh, main thing is uh, the show in general. But um, great time, man. Uh, fire away, guys. Give me some good stuff. Give yeah, let's some get questions. some good questions. I, I've already out. thrown you down some serious intel already, guys. So you give me something good that you want to know. Uh, I do want to point out, and this is something that you just brought up, uh, Seminoles for the 123 says, Mike seems like the type of coach to care about his players like they're his sons. That resonates with these kids, and you can kind of tell, Michael, what have you seen? Like, how does he act on these visits around these kids, and, and do you think that kind of reels them in and, and is ultimately what or maybe one of the things that uh, makes these kids decide to come to Florida State? Yeah, I mean, the thing is with Mike, it's like, um, and recruits tell me this a lot of times, is like most times on official visits, you see the head coach maybe twice. Um, on official visits, Mike's on everything. Like he's wow. with them on everything. Like when they go to academic stuff, Mike's there. When they go to just different visit parts of the weekend, he's there. He's very involved in everything you do. And he does. I mean, going back to when he first got the job, you know, you had you know, a lot of just different adversity that he had to deal with um, when they were going through the time of, you know, do certain certain things around your campus, uh, you know, is it black, white, racial stuff, racial stuff. And, and he and he he made sure that he went in there and's like, I want my players to to have an impact and a voice. And, and he praised Marvin Wilson, whereas most coaches would have been like, I don't know about that, dude. It's like, but it was just it was just a great moment for him to respond, and he responded in a personal way that these guys always have his back, and he's always everything he does is to promote them, you know, and, and it's not to do the opposite, which is what Deion Sanders does, promotes himself. Uh, Norvell goes out of his way to promote his kids in, his uni- in the university. Mm-hmm. And that's I think that's why kids like and connect so much with him and his energy. I mean, when you're around that energy, yeah. it's just um, it's just so um, it's contagious. It's infectious. It is. It, it's, it's like when you're around that energy and recruits tell me this all the time. It just it speaks to just uh, why they like you so much because it's like when you have that much energy when it's practice or anything. I think it's um, it just it just connects to everybody. So I think it's not just his ability to relate with his players, but it's also he doesn't make them feel like it's a boss employee type relationship. It makes it feel like they're all in it together. Um, so I think, uh, that's a big deal, uh, when it comes to Mike Norvell and the way he treats players. And it's, it's a similar thing to Bobby, but it's different. Um, the way Bobby it, it did stuff, it was more like they love him that way, but it's kind of a, a different way Mike has made it get it across. But at the end of the day, the message is still the same. The, the, uh, results are still the same and how they feel about their coach is the different same. You saw just. You when the stuff that you guys see in limited time when you know whether it's after the game or his interaction with his players, it's on a different level. 
you know, just on how most coaches are with their players. I, I think Mike just goes to a, a different level and uh, you can tell, you know, you really feel it, you know, personally when you see these players talk about Coach Norvell. Uh, this is a good one from Harold Kelly. What's the number you think Mike takes? Adding Bates and possibly Zay will have the best DB class ever. Mike, do you agree with that? Best DB class ever, potentially? I think he's asking, like, the total number they take. Um, I would say three or four more uh, as of tonight uh, in high school. And then uh, I've already covered the the portal stuff. Um, yeah, if they got Bates and Zay, it would probably be the one of the best ever that I've seen on paper it would be the best on paper, you know, what they do outside of that, you know, it depends on what their, how their careers go, but on paper, yes, it would be the best, um, you know, that I've seen on paper. Uh, big thanks to young Seminole for the contribution. Who are the kids you see FSU having the best chance to flip like 50, 50 or higher? I think, I think a lot on of that a little bit. But. Yeah. I think I've already touched on, you know, the guys like, McRae, uh Smith, um, those are certainly ones. I think JoJo Trader is still one that I'm keeping eye on, that I'm monitoring. He's committed to Miami, but it really just depends on if there's room and and how much a push. I think he's a guy you could see later for an official visit. Um, but I think a lot of these guys that are uncommitted, we're just waiting to see what happens on the visit. Uh, certainly, Denos White, defensive tackle out of out of, I think, uh, Concord, North Carolina. I feel good about him. I think he will be in this class uh, based on the intel I've gotten. So I think there's a lot of them, but I, I think outside of the ones that you know for sure that I've mentioned, like Bates, I feel good. Denos White, I feel good. Um, but the other ones, I think it's just going to be like, we have to wait and see how these visits go because there's some big visits coming up. And then the other ones that aren't visiting, it's mainly just the decisions like, you know, what happens with Jeremiah, what happens with uh, Zay Mincy, what happens with LJ McCray. It's like it's more just a wait and see of, you know, just how things monitor and develop uh, throughout the process. But I think I've covered most of the 50-50 the guys so far. Uh, good question from Rodney here about okay. our wide receiver, uh, Cam Coleman. Uh, Texas A&M got a new head coach, Mike Elko. Jimbo is no longer there. Correct. all the way to the bank in College Station. <laughs> I'm sure. Uh, but I know Florida State has been in the mix, uh, competing a little bit with Auburn, and it seems like Auburn may be the team to watch if Coleman does flip right now. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. I think um, I think if I was picking a pick, it, it would definitely be Auburn uh, for me. Just uh, now we'll say there's a chance to shift that because he will take an official visit to FSU in December. I do feel confident on that. But, uh, yeah, it, it just feels that way. Uh, obviously, the weird thing was I was expecting the Cam to, to pull the flip uh, overall. I think the weekend um, FSU was playing Pittsburgh. Um, and then New Mexico State beat Auburn really bad at home. It was a really embarrassing loss. And then that didn't happen. So I'm like, okay, maybe, maybe there's a little uh, crack that they have a chance. So maybe, maybe they have a chance. Maybe he's, you know, taking it a little bit longer than what, what it should have been. So, um, yeah, uh, I think, I think there's a shot, but I would call it like a long shot. You know, I think they're going to have to really nail it on the visit and then, uh, go from there. Tall Florida guy. Thank you for the contribution. Any tackles or guards in the portal that Florida state might go after again? I know you've touched on that, but uh tall Florida guy generous enough to donate us $5 here. So, uh, take it away, Mike. 
I think it's mainly just uh, there's not a guy yet. Um, I think there was an Oklahoma offense lineman that jumped in there. I forget his name. Uh, slipped his mind. I think they're doing they're checking him out to see if uh, you know what level of interest there is. But I, I don't think there's like like the last year. I felt very good about the three guys that are going after him. I pointed that out and first reported that before anybody. Casey Roddick, Keandre Jones. And then um, Jeremiah Byers, uh, I pointed out but all those guys. It was pretty clear this time. I think it's going to be a little more, you know, um, take their time um, to be sure um, if you know, how many they take. Because you have to be careful because you have a lot of young guys that are ready to step into those roles. Um, so I think it's going to be a little more selective of, of what they do. But um, I don't think there's anybody at this time, Cal mm-hmm. guy, that, that I know for sure that I can say, hey, that's definitely a guy, but I think I'll have an answer for you as the weekend goes on. Cause I think there'll be some guys in there that I think fall into that category that FSU will be interested in. But right now I'm just waiting for some to, to enter. All the more reason for you guys to subscribe to warchant.com. <laughs> and we've got a promotion going on right now. Warchant gold, you get access to the renegade room and ad free experience and 15% off all purchases at Garnet and gold. Check out that offer on warchant.com. Uh, we'll get to some more questions here before we close things out. Michael, I like this one from Tony. You seeing any of our recruits or any of our commits getting star bumps from on three? Um, that's really hard for me to find out. Um, if I, in my opinion, they should. I've already mentioned Jaden Parrish. I think he should be a four star. I think that's, I think Ricky Knight should be a four star um, based mm-hmm. on the film I studied over the weekend because I really got to study his film. Uh, I really think Ricky should be a low four star. Um, but those are the two that uh, just jump out to me. Um, don't understand why Landon got bumped down to a high four star and not a five star. I think, I think if you're if you got a five star, that's the guy that you know he does everything that you want to see from a tight end. But I think because of the lack of opportunities of throwing the ball from Colquitt consistently, that kind of uh, yeah hurts. Uh, yeah, Luke, that's another one uh, that is right on. The, Luke is so close. So I'd say Luke. Uh, Parish and Knight for me, um, mm-hmm. as far as you know, guys that should be in there. But that's what I see as far as the the bump. Feels like see, a good time to clarify that you are not the one giving these. Stars. I am I not, guys. I, if you're 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 thinking I'm in the process of the meetings, I'm not. <laughs> um, they don't even. I don't even think they asked me, which I, I'm fine with because I love oh, our correctly. national team. Yeah. Uh, Chad Simmons does a great job. Charles Powers is a really good uh, evaluator. A lot of these guys are you know, do a great job as far as, uh, you know, seeing these kids in person. Cause that's the thing with me. When I worked at Florida varsity, that was the thing I told all of my employees. I said, look, I don't want an evaluation unless you see them in person. So I want to see in-person evaluations and they do that, you know, whether you agree or you don't agree with the, where they're ranked. I think, I think that's the main thing you can't really criticize in my opinion, as long as you're seeing them in person. Now, if you're just doing it off a computer and stuff like that, you can critique that, you know, pretty significantly. But I think for me, it's like, as long as you're doing in-person evaluations, it's just an opinion at the end of the day, you know, whether they're star ranking or whatever. But um, yeah, that's kind of the way I look at it. Orange Wave asks, I think you might've addressed this one as well already, but uh, just uh, one more time real quick for Orange Wave is LJ okay. McCray coming back to Tallahassee before well, signing day. He, he had mentioned his possibility. Um orange uh but i don't know uh, i haven't heard anything definitive that he would but yeah i think it's a possibility that's all i can really say i can't really 
say for sure. Like he, he he's told me he's coming. You know, it's just uh, I, and I don't think it's I don't think they have to have it either. You know, for him to be there, I think he knows what FSU is. Um, he's been to FSU, I think, more than any place. So uh, he's been there a lot. Um, so I think it did has help. Like anytime you get a kid on a visit, it's it's going to improve your chances. So uh, I would just say it's a possibility. Get down or lay down asks, are all our committed players solid or are there any question marks besides the aforementioned Blount? I think Blount's the only one that they're fighting. Uh, I think uh, certainly KJ, Blount, KJ Bowen's still being recruited heavily by Auburn and, and, um, and certainly Georgia, but I don't, I don't think anything's changed there um, outside of those. Um, I've mentioned this note as well. People mention it like if FSU were to get, say, a Jeremiah Smith and then maybe add to somebody from the portal, I could see a guy like P.J. Gibson maybe looking around. Um, but outside of that, I think it's it, it's a pretty strong group as far as uh, commits and in, in, in this in this family and what they're going into. So, you know, I expect uh, I expect all of them to sign. Uh, they're committed uh, right now and then potentially add some more guys, uh, you know, right before the December 20th. So I think uh, overall, for the most part, outside of blood, I think it's, yeah, you have a pretty solid group. Florida man in Texas. Uh, several others have asked this question as well. Mike, do we take any former Gators and Hurricanes that have entered the portal? Maybe they're good. Are they good? Uh, <laughs> I, I'll be honest. I like. No, I. I don't know. I'll, I'll say this. I'll preface this. I don't know if FSU is going to have interest. And maybe Ben can look up this guy. Um, plays for Miami. His last name is Flag. I think he's a linebacker. He entered the portal. I forget his name. If you give me a second, guys, I will even look him up for you, and I will find him quickly. But I like this kid. I like his game. He had several, uh, I think, tackles for loss against FSU in the game when they played him here. Okay, Corey Flag. Corey Flag. Uh, yeah, yeah, linebacker. He's in the portal. I like him. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I, I've watched him in three or four games. He stands out to me when I watch his game. I really like the stuff he does. I like how he moves laterally. I like his physicality, the way he gets off blocks. I think he's a guy that that um, that's pretty good. He's uh, from an elite program there in Houston, North Shore. Okay. Yeah, uh, so I, I like him. That's a guy that if I was – you talk about going after a cane or um, – and then, then and then the Florida player uh, um, I like uh, certainly would be um, – yes, I'm trying to think. Oh, man, I'm trying to – I've lost, uh, lost my strain of thought. but. Um, he hasn't aired yet, but there's there's rumors about Trevor Etienne entering. Oh yeah, that's I the guy that. I would be on because I, I just love his game. I think, uh, you know, he would be he would be great. Um, no, Angelo, there's nothing about uh, Bain. He's pretty happy. I think at Miami, just won Defensive Rookie of the Year, so I don't think there's any chance he's leaving anytime soon, at least right now. Um, but um, there's another Florida player. I'm just drawing a blank, guys, that that entered the portal that I liked, um, but I haven't heard anything. Like I said, I'm prefacing this, guys. I'm not saying FSU is going after. I'm just saying I like personally, um, but I do like the the flag kid from Miami. I think he's a player. Um, I've liked a lot of him. Uh, no, Harold, they don't want anything to do with uh, Kamara Wilson from Florida. No, no, that's a. That's a red flag going to happen, in my opinion. Uh, he's had a lot of brush-ups with the Florida uh, at Florida while he's been there, so I think it's not exactly the best situation. Um, so I, I think uh, this goes into the stuff I talk about at vetting. 
the the players. Um, I'm not saying he's a bad player. I'm not saying he's a head case or whatever. I'm just saying when you have problems in there, it's not usually a guy that I see, see fits that culture of what FSU is kind of looking for. I uh, did want to address Vitus uh, said 5'11". I, I believe this is from when he was a prospect in high school. So Yeah, probably was. Uh, I, mean, Miami, I, hope I, I hope I got the right guy. It could be Jamori <laughs> be Jamori flag, but I, I don't know. Somebody mentioned that, but I don't know. I know it's a Corey flag. So, yeah. No, I mean, I'm looking at it right now. Hang on a second, guys. Let me do a little in-person. Okay, he's six foot, 230 pounds. That's what Miami yeah. listed him as. So. Yeah. Six foot two thirty. Um, um, so yeah. And invite invite us. No, I don't want Max Brown to FSU. I've saw enough of him uh, Saturday night to last me a <laughs> lifetime. Like they don't need anything with that. Uh, I think they can get a much better, you know, prospect of out of uh, you know the portal quarterback than that. So, yep. To to kind of build off you know what we've talked about with culture and you know mm-hmm. bringing in guys in the vetting process. Yep. Uh, why do you feel that's so important uh, in, in terms of doing that and in, in the you know process that Mike Norvell undergoes in, in terms of vetting these guys? Is why do you think that's so important to Florida State's success and future success? I think it's it's important because um, you got to have everyone that has the same mindset of what, what your approach is, uh, what you're doing. Um, this is why there's been guys that didn't work out at FSU that had to go, um, that they weren't the work ethic. They weren't meeting the work ethic. You know, you gotta, you gotta have guys that meet that working ethic style. Um, and there's gotta be 80, 80, how many players you got on the team? 82 guys that, that buy into everything you're doing. And, and it shows once Mike got all the guys together of what they're doing, the same mindsets, that's why the culture is so important. Culture matters. You know, it just, it matters everything in what you do. It's not just talent. There's less talented guys on the FSU's roster that heck I would love to have, you know, talent wise, you'd want these different players, but um, do they fit what you're doing? You know, I think a lot of people, I remember when they took Jaron Jones, they're like, yeah, this one sucks, man. Don't do this one. This kid's not, I mean, he didn't work out in Mississippi State. It's not going to be good. So it wasn't like Fabian Lovett. He was coming over from Mississippi State. You knew exactly what Fabian was. But Jerrion was kind of a guy that, you know, I even heard some media people that cover Mississippi State. It's like, oh, that's not the last place he'll transfer. Basically, they were just saying he wasn't even, wasn't that good or he wouldn't connect there. And I think you have to have a guy that fits fits what you're doing. You know, uh, I think I think you look at all the additions um, with the portal, the hit rate is extremely high because they're doing their their background on a lot of these guys that they fit everything they want, whether it's Brandon Fisk or or um, you know Finchel Cypress or Jerry and Jones or Keon Coleman, Johnny Wilson. I mean, I I could tell you countless stories of. People that cover Johnny Wilson would tell me this kid isn't tough enough. He cannot play at FSU. He's not going to be tough enough to play there. So you got to do your vetted interest. Trey Benson, you don't want that guy. His legs are messed up. I remember the fans hated the portal edition when when uh, Trey Benson was at it. They're like, this kid hasn't even played, Mike. He, he sucks. He's not good. Um, we should have took the other running back that rushed for 1,000 yards from Oregon and they didn't take this guy, but Trust the evaluations. See what you see behind the scenes of how he fits your team. 
Zyholm's another one where a lot of people question, hey, how good is that going to be? He hasn't really cracking the lineup at Penn State. So I think it's this vital when you do uh, the behind-the-scenes checks of not just talent, but does this guy fit our culture and what we're doing? And I think since like probably the last two years, the hit rate is almost nearly you know 100% uh, as far as the guys they've gotten. Uh, sure, they're not all perfect, um, but um, I think overall they have nailed it. Uh, certainly, the last two years, and I, I can t- I, I, and the reason their hit rate so high is because of the amount of study and, and background to know this guy fits us in every way. And, and Mike's talked about that. Like this guy fits us in every way. I mean, if you listen to Keon Coleman, he's like, I mean, they ask him like, "Hey, did you 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 didn't get involved as much here?" But he's like, "I don't care. I just want to win." You know, and so mm-hmm. it's like whatever I can help to do to win, those are the type of kids that Mike wants on his team. And if you fit that and the talent fits that and the skill and it's a need, um, they're going to go after it. Michael, always enjoy doing these with you. I'm sure we'll be talking together a lot more over these next couple months. Oh, yeah. Uh, excited for that. Uh, and that's all the more reason for you all to subscribe to Warchant.com. Check out the Warchant Gold. Hit that like button on your way out, by the way. We've got plenty of content coming on the Warchant TV YouTube channel. I know because I do a lot of the editing, guys, and we will have coach speak coming up. I promise. We're getting ready to record that here after we sign off. So we're going to go ahead and head out, head over to the premium recruiting board, Michael Langston. He'll be up working late, working hard, putting that work in. And uh, for him, thanks a lot to everyone that uh, joined us in the chat, everyone who contributed, young Seminole, tall Florida guy. We appreciate you guys. Maybe next time I come back, I'll have a nice Florida State helmet in the background (laughs) other than that Iowa helmet there. I'm just rooting for chaos, guys, at this point. Other than Florida State and Louisville, I want the Knowles to come out on top. Appreciate you guys, Michael. As always, it's a pleasure. Yeah, great show, guys. Um, Thanks for tuning in. Great questions, as always. I will do a recap later for – those that are reading this that don't want to watch the whole thing, uh, I'll do a recap later tonight. Um, <laughs> we'll certainly have more things coming up on the portal. Um, you guys have covered all the questions. Like one guy, I'll throw in the last question. He asked about Darius Smith, the linebacker from Georgia. The dude's in the portal and they're still playing. So that should tell you a little bit that it's probably not a guy and he hasn't played a lot. So no, I don't think that's probably be an option, but overall, can't thank you guys enough thanks for all the love you guys always treat me fabulous uh give a little love to the spice man go follow ben man if you haven't followed ben hit him on the he's doing a great job he's really getting really strong at, at all this stuff and uh certainly hit the like button and and i'll come back um certainly on the prb and if anything develops with the portal or recruiting or high school recruiting i'll, I'll chime in so appreciate it guys thanks for everything All right, guys, that's all we've got for this edition of the Recruiting Chat. We'll see you back next time on WarChan TV.